Hey everyone, uh, what you're about to hear is a little bit of now a teaser for an upcoming podcast with Moriarty and myself, uh, Into the Hobbyverse, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast. Uh, this is going to be a hobby-focused podcast where we discuss our experiences working through the, the very excellent Marvel Crisis Protocol painting, improving as painters, and you know hopefully helping you uh, gain a little bit of insight into um, how to improve your hobby game. Uh, the audio here is, was meant to be initially just a little bit of test audio so we could kind of grease the wheels, but it ended up being a very interesting conversation between Mariardis and myself, so we, we thought we would put it out as a kind of rough teaser for the podcast itself. If you know you give it a listen, this is something you're interested in, stay tuned. This is something that we will be putting out in the very near future. Uh, if you have any feedback, we're of course very open to hearing that. Um, you can even send it to me, Waxy Sandwich, on most of the Marvel Crisis painting called um, uh, Discords, or you can send it to Mori Artis on uh, his, his excellent blog or the, the same Discords. So I'll stop rambling there. Again, this is a little bit rougher audio than we're aiming for in the future, but um, I think it was really a good conversation. I hope you enjoy it and keep your eyes out. Thanks. Uh, well, do you want to go first? What you painted recently or what have you been working on this week? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I still need to write up blogs for them, uh, but the two I just got recently done with is um, I'm working on the new releases. So uh, right now that's uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America, the original Human Torch, um, Baron Strucker, Arnim Zola, Nick Fury Sr. and the Howling Commandos. Uh, and out of those, I finished Baron Strucker. Um, I started on Arnim Zola, but because I realized I want to use him for practice doing purple non-metallic metal so that I can tackle that when it comes time to do Sentinels, I decided that I'm going to save him for after the other ones, since the other ones are kind of simpler paint jobs. So uh, I then tackled the original Human Torch and then Steve Rogers' Captain America, and I have to do blogs still for... Uh, cap and human torch struckers is already done uh and then right now i'm working on uh nick fury uh and then after that will be arnim zola so uh and then so i'm trying to do 100 percent as well that's kind of i i, I don't know how to not go all in on things <laughs> So mm -hmm. um, I also have my personal Hulkbuster that I still need to paint. Um, I don't know that I will have time to finish him by the time the Sentinel stuff releases. So we'll see if that happens. But Gotcha. Well, uh, of those three, which, which was your, uh, you know, your favorite that, came out with, that you came out with? Uh, when you say of those three, what do you mean? Uh, the oh sorry the the three that you painted that was Strucker oh gotcha. and Captain America. Um, yeah. So which of them was my favorite? Um, yeah, I don't know, or or that you felt you learned the most on came out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like so I, I would say uh, probably Strucker. So one of the things that has occurred to me recently is that I've been going rather heavy handed with my my object source lighting, my OSL, and uh, I realized that probably a good step of growth for me as a painter is to kind of reel that in a bit and do do object source lighting that is a little you know that, that still is dramatic and looks you know like you can definitely tell there's object source lighting but is not overpowering and because in the past i 
you know, I don't know. You you would probably have to see a picture to really see what I'm talking about. But in the past, uh, my object source lighting is dramatic, like very very dramatic, to where it's like, holy cow, there's like. And the problem is, is it it's not done in a way that's logical. Like areas that should have shade don't if it's close enough to the where the object source lighting or where the the source of the lighting is and that doesn't make sense because just because it's casting a bunch of light doesn't mean that light is going to wrap around corners get everywhere right? and yeah. so i i wanted to uh, when i went to do baron strucker um i intentionally was like okay i he's got that flaming fist right and I, I want to do object source lighting on that, but I want to tone it down a bit. I want to still have it be dramatic, but not wash everything out. And so what I did with him is when I was highlighting him up, I was just very cognizant of like, okay, I want to highlight this as if it's going to be lit up. And so I did that with all the green on his outfit, all the uh, the non-metallic metal gold that I was doing. And then the uh, the red on the fist, and then of course on his face as well. And then later I went in and did um, some fluorescent orange, and then some played around with little just dots of like pure white and yellow glazes and stuff like that to kind of get it to where I was happy with it. But I I feel really good about that one because I've. It looks much, much better as object source lighting than any of my other other stuff did. Um, it, I definitely think I found like a good happy medium where it's not, you know, washed out and like crazy intense. Uh, but I mean, it's still intense. Like you can still see the, that it's lighting them up, but it's not to the point to where it's washing out all of his details. So, yeah, and it, you know, I'm looking at it now, like like. Um... Object source lighting is probably my weakest tool in the toolbox. I am not particularly practiced enough at, at executing it effectively, but when I do do it, um, it looks like kind of described where I just like spray an airbrush, where it, you know it looks like I spray an airbrush and like everything gets this even lighting. And with the technique you've done there, like it makes a lot more sense. The the shadows aren't going to be at full value because they're not getting as much light, but there will still be um, color influence from the light. And you are, you know, more appropriately applying those highlights and and getting that color influence from the, you know, I guess it's kind of an orangish red flame here. Right. Yeah. 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 So I was, yeah, uh, I, I really like how that one came out. the The other thing with him too was, uh, the I think one of the reasons why I'm so proud of him as a paint job goes is, I didn't have really any anything to draw from when I went to paint him. Um, I uh, he was new enough when he came out that I there I wasn't really seeing a lot of posted images of him and so uh it was kind of like okay this is all on me so uh, how am I going to make the green work I knew I wanted to do non-metallic metal gold uh on him uh, and so I I I just kind of jumped in head first basically uh and I I feel like for for not having much to go off of I'm I'm proud of, of how it came out. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Maybe a question for another time, like like where do you get inspiration from, et cetera, because I, I do a little bit of, you know, looking at other people's models, but then also looking for this game, specifically comic book art. Right, but right. Maybe we can leave that for another time. Sure, sure. Um, I'll, I'll throw in what I've painted, which is substantially less. Uh, put a picture in here because I don't, I don't think I've put this out there. 
Um, I've been working. I'm kind of a uh, two releases behind now, so I'm working on Red Guardian. Okay. Um, right now, and I I find painting red. Um, so I'm going with the standard color scheme, red and mm-hmm. white. Um, and I find painting red to be very difficult to make it look different than another red model you've painted. Red is one of those colors where you know you have a bottle with 15 different labels on it. Right. We have 15 bottles, all of them have a different label, but it kind of ends up all looking like the same tone of red at the end of the day, if you're not careful. Right. So with him, I, I started from, um, and, and I'm experimenting with different types of paint. So, so I've been catching on to that, you know, the, the golden so flat stuff that's out there. The, have you the seen golden, these? sorry, say that again. Yeah. Golden so what? golden, golden is the brand. Oh, okay. And so flat is the line. Yes. Yes. So they're artist paints. Yeah. So I, I'm fortunate to live next to, um, you know, live in a city that has a lot of art stores in it. So, you know, all of these uh, new trending things where a hobbyist showed up to a paint store and found something, I'm able to kind of grab them. So I started with this so flat and, and they're really nice to come out in a really ni- nice matte finish and they mix really well. So the Red Guardian here, he started with a violet red like purple warm purple tone underneath interesting and then i've just been adding um a red to that to to bring up that value then oh, yeah wow. making a little bit more fuchsia on the top and then glazing that red back sure. over yeah so trying to just make it look different than all the other gotcha. reds yeah no i red i think is one of those colors it, like that's honestly we could probably uh pick episodes to just devote entirely to uh a color right and red would be an easy contender for one of those episodes because uh it it can be such a tricky color to work with but it's also i i'm trying to think i heard it described and and i think it was when i was watching some youtube video uh one of one of the like a vince venturella or whoever um he's a really yeah and and they were talking about how red is a a very forgiving color and and what that means is that what they meant by that was that it's it's a very transparent color and so when you paint with it you're still going to get a lot of what's underneath it and what that the, that can make it annoying if you're like making mistakes and then you're trying to cover it up over red but it also allows you to really play with the value just for as long as you want to with red you you can um you know y- like one of the things I've only recently discovered is this idea that you can go through and take either white mixes, so you're going up into pink, and then do glazes over that to to get like a really vibrant red, uh, or you can do the same thing with like yellows, uh, and it it definitely gives you it gives a different kind of red. But yeah, red is one of those things that I, I think when you find a recipe you like, especially with how much of a challenge it is to learn that color, you you kind of default into it. And until you've really played with it a lot, you don't unlock other recipes on it very often. You, you very often end up with like all your reds kind of look the same, like you were saying. So I, I definitely feel you on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, a lot of the like early red focused models I have like are kind of you know, you, like you said, you find that core recipe that like holy crap, I finally got one model to look good. I want to do this till the end of time. Right, right. And then you know, all your models, especially in a game like this, they all kind of sort of blend together. Then you start 
changing little components of that recipe. So I think for my like original red, I just started with like a really desaturated red. Mm-hmm. I think for one bottle, I tried mixing in like a, a forest green into my base red to give it a more, you know, chroma black type look. Um, here is my first time really trying to be in that purple. Like I'm going from purple in the base to to like a fuchsia right. in the highlight, but still try to get that model to read right. as red, but um, like a colder yeah, red. Yeah. So yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, the you know what, the YouTube series I really like is Vince Venturella's like the the um is hobby cheating, but the the understanding of those colors mm-hmm. is really interesting. We could absolutely do episodes on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, especially with the MCP. I think it it's so applicable because there's you know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah red, red guardian, guardian you like, know it, it's just it's ninety yeah. percent red and and then his other color is white, which is another one of those problem colors that you could do entire episodes on. Yeah, totally. Yeah, to touch on that, like like um, the other paint I'm trying with this is is I was at um, Nova, uh, I think it was two weeks ago now, and someone there, like a vendor, came with the green stuff world paints, and I, I guess just for context, you know, I like buying a lot of different paints, but then I'll use like the same crap that I just use every time. <laughs> but I do like I, I like like trying to get some more paints, trying to see what other brands can do. So the green stuff world paints, I've kind of known that they're out there. They're the brand is better known for their effects paints, but they had some acrylic paints there. I, I bought, you know, a couple of those. Um, and one of the ones I'm using in this model is it's a gray teal color. So it's starting from this really nice um, bluish tone, which contrasts obviously with the pink red, but they're both in the cold end of the spectrum. So I'm trying to at least get some color gotcha. harmony there. Gotcha. I guess you can see it on his glove here that right, I, haven't, right. I haven't painted it over. But um, you know, using the green stuff roll paint, it, it's it's a little watery for my taste. I'm I'm trying to um, I'm trying to work with it in a little bit of a different way. I I think maybe I didn't shake it up well enough. But um, yeah, starting with that green stuff roll paint, it, it kind of works a lot similar to the scale seventy five, or I'm sorry, not the AK interactive paint. Um, but yeah, it dries really bad, which is nice. I, I like yeah, that effect. Yeah. Interesting. So that's the other thing I'm I'm trying on this model is I'm just trying out a couple different new paint right, ranges right. but yeah absolutely to your point like starting with white you know my, my usual trick is to you know pick a color uh so here i'm using a a um very desaturated teal and then move to the other end of the color spectrum uh so work up to a warm white here which is um like the white sands from scale 75 so you gotcha. get you know, you're light to dark and then cool to warm. Yeah, down. yeah, yeah. So that's, I guess, that's another good question. Is um, I so one of the things I did was uh, originally just out of convenience, I was going with GW paints, and then uh, especially with where I was, there there was not a lot of options if you wanted to paint. Uh, they just didn't carry a lot of other brands, and so I just kind of had to default into that. But then uh, when I was doing the MCP stuff. Uh, Thanos. I really liked Sarastro's guide on Thanos. And I was like, and I noticed especially the vibrancy of the blue was just amazing. And I noticed he was using the scale color paints. And so I was like, I want to hold off on painting him until I can get to those. And so I eventually, um, when my wife and I moved, I just kind of went all in on the scale color stuff. And uh I'm a huge, huge fan of it. Like scale color, I think is definitely my favorite brand of paints, but I'm so limited in, in trying out uh, an experience with all the other paint brands that 
I, I don't know how good my recommendation on that is because I really haven't had a chance to compare them to like, um, you know, Golden or AK. There's a, there's a lot of other brands that I, I hear really good things about. I just haven't really had a chance to try them. Yeah, it, it's a good question. Um, a, a lot of it is, I, I fully recognize um, a, a lot of it is just kind of like tool addiction, right? Like you're, you're, you don't need all these different types of brands. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I have um, a set of Scale 75, the, um, not the fantasy line. I'm trying, I think it's just Scale 75 color. Yeah, right? yeah. I, that's the one that White Sands is in. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. So, so I have that. I have a couple of their inks that I think are phenomenal. I, I have one of their Alchemy Metals. Um, I, I think it's a totally great brand. I, I like trying these other brands, but I, I also, you know, my advice to people was you don't need it or would be to people that you don't need it. Um, if, if, you're, if you're happy with how the paint is behaving for you, absolutely stick with sure. that brand. Um, it, it's kind of it's like what I was saying with the recipes, right? Like you find what works for you and then you change one little component to see if that works better for a specific right, project. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I really like the AK Interactive. Like a lot of people say, um, like, like, you know, common advice you'll hear from people who, who paint more GW style is to use um, uh, what, what Monument Hobbies use that because it's got really opaque base layers and then layer with scale 75 because um, it's a little bit more transparent. And, and that's, that's pretty solid advice, but, um, you know, there's there's a lot more brands that give you that really opaque matte type base layer. If you even want a, a matte base layer, you know, maybe you want something more satin. Um, so it, it's kind of understanding the color and the finish that the color gives you and the working properties. Um, but at the end of the day, like you could always adjust that stuff yourself, right? right? You can use a thinner layer. You can, um, you, you know, if you really want a matte medium, you can varnish it or you can put in matte medium at the end of the day. So you don't need any of this stuff. It's just kind of like a sub hobby for me is is trying out these different paints. Right, right. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, it's a it's a worthwhile thing to do if you can, right? Like it, the more experience yeah. you have. And and then of course you can <clears throat> unlock something that ends up being like a big deal for you where you just because a big part of painting is the enjoyment you're getting out of it. And if if you find a brand that you enjoy painting with, then use it right like because the, then you're more yeah, likely absolutely. to paint with it you're more likely to get more stuff done everything else gets better if you're enjoying the process so yeah absolutely and 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 sometimes they force they push you in a good way like like using a scale 75 for the first time um i can't remember which model i started it might have been um hawkeye was the first model i really tried to do all scale 75 and it really pushes you to work with the paint in a way that produces effect which you know looks better right mm -hmm. So, you know, there's some amount of value in that as right, well. Right. But so far, Green Stuff World, um, <laughs> it, it's good paint. I, I like the colors that I got. I'm not necessarily a uh, imported from Spain right now kind of recommendation. Gotcha. So what, what brand do you usually like? What's your go-to? Um, I, I, I've been really enjoying AK Interactive um, and... Yeah, so that's what I use a lot, but you know, scale seventy-five I use a ton of. Um I have also, you know, I have a, a good selection of Vallejo or I guess it's Vallejo, but um I, I do Vallejo, the same thing. Yeah. uh <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vallejo, um GW and uh 
I have a ton of Army Painter, but man, I, I don't enjoy using that stuff. Yeah, I, I tried out Army um, Painter and I had the same experience. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I, I got a I got a secondhand set from um, actually a guy on the MCP Discord was getting rid of it, so I, I use those to, um, you know, if other people want to paint, you know, I give them my kitty paints, gotcha. I guess. But, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't use them a ton yeah. myself. But yeah, I, I you know my my main brand is is probably AK Interactive and and Scale seventy five is what I use a lot of. But um, you know, there, there's a lot of really great individual colors i love to use like um you know Falejo ice yellow is is an incredible color I, I love using that. i've had so many people recommend that one and i've seen it mentioned so many times in like videos and i've never gotten yeah. one i I, th I think the problem is right now i'm not sure where i would source it i think that's the problem but if i can uh, find sure. it i need to get um it. i yeah the, the the place that i order a lot from michigan toy soldier online um they they have like a really uh huge array of um of like painting products it, it's weird they, they like kind of build themselves as being a, a, a like a you know a toy soldier company historical type stuff but they have all of this like hobby paint that that's really good and you know display type models i, I like buying from them a lot that's a that's a recommendation i got from uh the trap under plastic podcast so that, that's what i've been painting it, it's been experimenting with like trying to achieve a cool red type look that still reads as red and then you know, working with a couple new types of paints. Um, I I was going to do a whole fancy thing on the shield, but I, I might. I'm kind of in between. I, I I like these these models that come out that aren't very good in the game because then I feel like I have a better excuse to paint them better because I'm I'm never going to gotcha. use them. <laughs> it, it's so, a better chance for an experimental like, er paint job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so Ursa Major, I spent a lot of time on trying to get a fur look, but um, I I don't know with Red Guardian. I I may or may not. You can see my shield is um a very rough sketch, so I'm trying to decide what I want right. to do with that. I I, I get um I, I feel like I've painted enough shields in MCP. I can fill <laughs> this one in, but then on the other hand, you know, it's a good experience to um good experience to experiment yeah. with it. So TBD on on the shield, but I've I've enjoyed trying to um achieve a look. It it's still you know a work in progress. I'm still working through it, but um. I kind of like where it's at right now. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think, I think it looks, it's coming along great for sure. I really like the, um, and and, and it looks like, interestingly, you, you go, it looks like you start off with a dark, um, and then go lighter. Um, that that's kind of the method you prefer doing when you go to paint, like looking at you know the boots compared to the glove. Yeah, that that is my that is my go to. I, I I'm starting to become suspicious that that's a bad habit. And I don't necessarily need to do that, but that that's where I yeah, am. Yeah, well, right I would argue that um, I, I don't know that I would say it's a bad habit because, I mean, if it works for you, like the red, the values you've gotten, like the depth and the red look phenomenal. So I, I would say that, uh, you know, if it's working for you, it's working for you. But oh, let me let me show where it was yesterday. Hold on. Sorry, keep talking. Yeah, I, I would just note that. Um, you definitely don't have to do it that way. One of the things, and I, I, this was probably a Sarastro video. I'm going to be mentioning Sarastro all the time in this because I, I rely on it a lot. Um, oh. But I, he'll often take uh, kind of a mid-tone. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, so sorry. You, you can finish your thought, but I think this is where you're going. Is, is you know This is where I end up on step one of my process where I go all the way to light. But then you have to work it back sure. down, which is, I think where you're getting at, right? And that's that's where you get a lot more of that um, solid color gradation. Yeah. It, what, one of the things that um, I've discovered is 
taking the idea of you go with a mid-tone. So, like, um, if you look at my cap, for instance, let me just drop him in here real quick that I just got done with. Um, he, uh, to do him, I went with, like, just scale colors primary blue, which is one of the scale color artist paints. Um, and then what I like about that, and, and this is this is kind of what I've started to default into, is you drop a mid-tone on it, and then you shade the mid-tone down where you need it. Uh, so in this case, that would be underneath his arms, underneath, like, in the, in the crevices, well, in the crevices, obviously, but then also, like, underneath the legs. You shade it down in there, and then you highlight it up. And then you just kind of play with it until you get it to where you want kind of thing. But um, that's kind of what I've defaulted into to start with. And I, I like it. Um, for me, I think the starting dark and going light, I, I did that for a really long time. And I think the only uh, the only thing I don't like about it is for me it makes the paint job feel like it's taking longer and i don't know if it actually does or not to be fair uh but just mentally it feels like i have a long way to go when i'm starting dark especially if you're painting you know a color like white or something like that so so, so, so yeah no 100 percent agree it, it, it certainly um i think it does take longer so, so one, one of the reasons this has been something i want to challenge is um you know i took you know, Nova was two weeks ago. I, I took a couple painting classes with um, Eric Swenson and the other guys, Will Hahn, who are, you know, phenomenal award-winning display-type painters. And and they do exactly what you described where... Well, they they, they actually do a uh, even more extreme version of what you described is, is they start with a, you know, ugly... You know, if, if you think of, like, um, you know, just look at your Captain America, right? They would slap white right on his top shoulder or probably more of a um, bluish-white top around the right shoulder probably slap like a, a deep blue underneath and then blend it together from there. So they don't even start with the midtones. They start from extreme lights to extreme darks. Uh, and then, and like then wet, blend that they in do together. Like a wet blend? No, not 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 necessarily wet blending. Like you just, you know, you work the paint in. It, it probably I'm I'm giving it obviously a very simplistic sure, example sure. of of what they would do. I get what but you're saying though. Yeah. yeah, you you get your highlight placements there and then no, you just do enough blending work to get it together. You don't have to wet blend. Um, you, oh, s some do. Like I asked that question, like, do you wet blend to start? Because I know Sir Oster does that in a lot of his videos to get that kind of look. But now they just slap it down. It looks really awful till they're done. Yeah. But uh, now everyone's got a, like kind of a different process. Yeah, yeah. But the reason that they say that they do it that way is if you know it, you're moving again to your point of depends on what you're going for. Like I, I think of when I paint these as like tabletop plus plus hopefully depending right, on how much time right. i put in but um you know your your viewing angles is still 360 degrees basically like i want someone from across the store to look at the model and be like wow that's really right. cool whereas what they're painting they're thinking of a box art you're going to take three pictures slap it on a box or enter into a competition and um, that's that's what you really yeah. need to focus on so if if you just slap on your lighting like right away, you have a lot more control and it's you know quicker that way of where that is going to and be versus you know how I do it where I you know you would think you have more control but you don't necessarily because you're kind of at the whims of how you get there like you're a lot more path dependent if you just start there and then move to a blended right, version. Right. That's see that's a whole other way of thinking about it. I wasn't even thinking of like the idea of 
you know, because I, I, you know, earlier I brought up that, you know, you have, uh, what are you, what are you going for, right? Like, are you trying to win a competition? Are you just trying to make it look good on the tabletop? Are you just trying to have it be painted? And of course that determines like how hard you should be on yourself and what advice you, you should, you know, will help you get there quicker or better or whatever. Uh, but the idea of one of those goals being, oh, I want it to look really good from these three angles because it's going to go on box art. That never even occurred to me. And the idea that that's going to like change the way you go about painting it, like that's that's like a galaxy brain moment for me. It's like, oh, wow, <laughs> that didn't even occur to me. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a lot different. Yeah, um, it, it, was, it was very hard because um, the one class, you know, where they really drilled that in was Eric Swenson's class and like uh, I guess I could post. Uh, we're, we're just talking about it. Um, so while I'm looking for this, like like part of the going through that is like even if you think of NNM, right? Like kind of how I do NMM is it's it's very I, I would describe it as cartoonish. Um, like like I don't have a consistent lighting source, and I kind of do that on purpose because I'm lazy. But if, if I do NMM, right? Oh, this is too big. What has happened? Um, that's why I try to get for doing something while I'm talking. If I, if I try to do NMM, I'm, I'm not incredibly focused on across the model having a consistent light source. Like I'm very, I'm very, this area needs to have a consistent light source, but the entire model, you know, if, if this angle on call a buckle is a little bit different than the angle on the sword, I'm not as bothered by that as long as each individual component sure, is interesting. Sure. Whereas if, if you really want to sell an effect across the box art, you really want that consistent. to be yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah consistent. That makes sense. So um, got this to publish. So, so this was, you know, the outcome of like the two day, uh, two day painting course. So when they think about NMM, they think about NMM needing to be consistent with your skin lighting tones, with your light, with like, all of that lighting needs to be coming from the same source because you're viewing it from one angle. Right, right. I didn't do it very good here because, you know, it defaulted at the end of the day to kind of um, gaming piece painting, but that, that's the general idea. But yeah, it, it's completely different. Yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience to go through that. Interesting. A L- little bit off topic, but... Um... I don't know. That's... that's uh... I, I'm glad you brought that up because that that definitely adds like another element of you know how you approach things. It's just a big deal. Like, what are you trying to get out of it, and the different ways that changes things. It and I, I think one of the things I love the most, like, because it, it's only the past few years of the MCP stuff that I've really put this much thought and energy and passion into painting. And one of the things I love about it is the more I get into it, the more I realize like this never ends. This is, this is, never, oh, yeah. you never get to a point to where you're done. There's always something to learn. Like there's always something that it, it feels, it feels to me almost like it's like a real life video game where you're like, click level up lock. You unlocked a new, uh, <laughs> a new like ability yeah. or a new uh, understanding. New of thought, something. new approach. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about it. So insights like that, I think, are are awesome. Like that's that's never something that occurred to me. And, and even thinking about it in terms of like, oh, is my, you know, is the light on this belt buckle consistent with like the light on this sword or whatever? And looking at it as like, well, 
doesn't matter as much because you're going to be looking at this from a million different angles because I'm doing it for tabletop plus plus reasons, right? Like that, yeah. that was a mindset that uh, I think I've unconsciously been doing that. But to, to actually hear that is like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's, that is what I've been doing. Like it, it, I don't know, taking something that was subconsciously present and making it to where it's now conscious, I think is, is good. That, that, and, and I, I call it cartoony, but I, I think that's absolutely what you should do for that table, right? Because if you think about metal, and then if you think about metal, metal is so dependent on, where the object is, where your viewer is. Right. Like I'm looking at a soda can or a seltzer can. If I take two steps to the left, that highlight goes in a completely different yeah. way. Yeah. So if you don't have fixed viewing angles, you kind of have to rely on whoever's viewing it, self-inserting them into where they should kind of view it. So like if you hand someone a model, they're not going to turn it upside down 30 degrees away from them and be like wow that kind of looks bad like right. i don't know why the slide's reflecting that way i'll probably look at it head on so that's kind of what i think about painting like that's that's kind of like your primary viewing angle they might turn it around so you kind of have a secondary viewing angle and there's maybe like a couple to the side so it's like like it's kind of saying like i don't try to get macro harmony you know painting for a board game because you kind of need for like like if, if an area looks good like I'm, I'm just looking at captain america like there's absolutely nothing wrong with this because like i look at the shield the shield is consistent then i look at him you know the end of there is on his buckle that looks consistent there so even though those two are inconsistent it still absolutely works for you know this type of miniature because um because you know i'm putting myself at these natural viewing angles rather than you know force perspective like here you have a picture so it is force but if i had this in person you know i, I would be turning around looking at it in a couple of different angles right, so right. It, it's a much different way of thinking about it I, you know it was two weeks ago I, I i would say i've also been like you know maybe semi-conscious about this um but you know thinking about it that way and I'm not necessarily listening to that advice because uh it's really hard yeah <laughs> but yeah. thinking about it's interesting yeah well and and also i think it it um you know, if you ever want to do like competition painting, it, it's good to be aware that that's a thing and that that's a way people approach it. And because, um, for instance, one of one of the there's all kinds of paint projects that I've always wanted to just do just for the fun of doing it. Like I still have a Tyranid Lictor model and then I have like a base with like a bit of a broken city backdrop to put them on. And one of the things I would love to do is uh, I, I saw somebody a long time ago do this with a Tau stealth suit where they painted the stealth suit to where when you're looking at it front on, you can't see the stealth suit. It looks like it's mm. the background. And it's only when you turn the model to the side that you realize you're looking at a stealth suit that's been painted to look like the background. It, it It's a paint job that only, it literally only works from one perspective. If you look at it yeah. any other perspective, it immediately breaks the illusion. But... If you want to do something cool like that, you need to be able to think like that. And so, uh, and then also understanding that if you wanted to go in and do, uh, you know, some paint competition thing, uh, especially if it's going to be judged by, you know, painters like Vince Fritterella or whoever, you, you would want to know that that's kind of metric you could be judged on, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that, that, um, 
I, I've heard of this effect before, not that one specifically, but a really good way to tell your viewer where to look to get that effect is if you put like a window. So so the, the diorama that I saw where someone tried to do this was, it was like a little girl's nightmare, whereas if you looked straight out the window, the girl was looking through, all you saw was like a sunny day. But you as the viewer obviously can look above the window and all around the outside is like, um I don't know, like monsters or whatever looking in. So with that stealth suit, if you put like a forced perspective viewing port in there, which when you look through there, it sells the effect. Then you get away with it where all the other angles, you know, it's not selling the effect, but because you're putting in that forced perspective into the actual piece, that's where, you know, it, it adds a lot of... um. Huh. That's clever. Yeah, yeah. Cohesion. Cohesion to that type of idea. Yeah, not my idea. I stole it from, well, I heard about it from us. The person who actually made that one diorama, which I'm probably misremembering. But yeah, no, it, it, you know, it's a whole different world that um, I'm not super well versed in. But yeah, the, like, like you said, there's always something new to learn. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's just what I love about it, it, The other thing, too, is like, um, it makes me think about. So a couple of times when I've like posted things, the feedback I've gotten from people is like, uh, you can tell they're looking at you the way people like me look at like a Sarastro or a Vince Venturella, where it's like, wow, this per like this is insane. How did you do that? And the feedback I always try to give people is that there's always a bigger fish. You're always good. Like Absolutely. no matter who you're looking at, they have other people that they look at and go, oh man, I'll, I'll never be at that level or, oh man, like I would love to do what they do. Like that's so crazy. I, it, it reminds me of a, a Sarastra did a Q and a, and somebody asked him uh, if he does paint competitions or if he's thinking about or planning on doing paint competitions. And his response I thought was kind of, kind of mind blowing in a way. Cause he had said that, uh, he had said that he he doesn't consider himself to be that kind of painter, uh, mm -hmm. and and he said that uh, he just you know wants his stuff to look good on the tabletop, and that he doesn't consider himself a, comp a competition level painter, and uh, that was another like little unlock in my head because on one hand, like uh, he, he talked about how competition level painting like if he were to go into that the reason he'd be doing it is kind of the feedback that he could get you know like he's he's not looking at it as like a, oh i'm trying to win that gold he's looking at it from the standpoint of like people who really know painting are going to look at this and they're going to tell me what i could have done better and, and what interesting things i could learn and and him having that mindset of course is the reason he's as good as he is is because he's he already understands that this is like a personal journey that he's on and it's not, you know, it's not really a competition. But the thing that was amazing was, I mean, this guy's done entire videos on how to do like an entire non-metallic metal Hulkbuster on his Malekith video, his Thanos. Like how many times have you seen a Thanos that wasn't obviously inspired by or based on yeah. his video, right? Very few. Yeah, and it's... If, to hear him be like, oh, I, I'm not really a competition-level painter. I'm just trying to make him look decent on the tabletop. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me, right? <laughs> like, if I were at his level, uh, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to think of being there and not seeing yourself as that competition-level painter. But that's what makes me realize that, like, 
there's always a bigger fish that he he's looking at the people that do the competition level stuff and being like oh i'm i'm not there you know yeah absolutely so so it's it's really funny you bring that up i remember you know it's been a while since i've watched that video but i remember him saying that and I, i thought it was weird at the time but um Again, Nova was two weeks ago. I I very immodestly entered my Hulkbuster into the Nova painting competition. A little bit of it was on a lark. The other thing was, you know, I spent 70 hours on this model. This is the best model I think I've ever painted. Um, I want to, I want to, you know, see what I can, um, you know, I want to see what people say about it, right? Right. So I, I, I entered my Hulkbuster. And well, before I did that, you know, I had this two day painting class with Eric Swenson. I asked him, Hey, you know, here's my, here's my Thanos, um, which I thought was, you know, another good model I painted, uh, for, for, you know, my skill level. Um, and here is my Hulkbuster. Uh, what do you think? Like, which one should I enter? And he was like, yeah, you know, your Thanos is, is fine. I would enter your Hulkbuster. It's a lot better. Um, and then proceeded for like 15 minutes because i asked him to he was very kind about it but like just kind of pointed out everything that was wrong with my hulkbuster and this like really interesting way he's like he said like you know you missed like basically every hedge highlight in the bottom half um you know this effect on your rocket boot isn't really selling for me uh you, you don't have any kind of um environmental light from the arc arc reactors and and he gave like a very fundamental rundown of like why this wasn't you know well well he didn't say this but like why this wasn't a gold winning piece for a competition i i I was fortunate enough to you know i got silver in the competition but just going through that experience of you know i spent 78 hours and he and you know a competition level painter saying yeah this is a great start but you need to do this amount of work you know it uh i could i totally you know that comment from sarasa resonates a lot more is it's a totally different world it's not it's not a better world painting for competitions like you're trying to achieve different things um but yeah it, it's it's a much different um type of experience yeah, yeah and I, I think it's on that note like it, one of the things i love about just painting and the whole process of it, and it being your personal journey is that you it's you become more and more capable of doing more and more impressive stuff while also being more and more critical of of your own work and and of course you become capable of being much more critical of other people's work at well as well you get like a growing sense of pride in the things you've done but you also like it comes bundled with like a humility about it where you you like the better you get the more you realize like how much farther the ceiling is above you kind of thing uh, at least that's been my experience that like it's like the better i get the more i realize like uh, there's so much things i could have done better and and you know it and i've noticed that the people that are like the greats right the ones that you when you think about great painters the the ones your mind immediately jumps to they tend to be anytime you hear them talking about paint jobs uh they tend to be like the most humble about all of it and that always kind of blows my mind. And and I feel like it's just kind of part of the process of what you do when you're improving in painting. Like just that process, uh, it, it's so hard earned. It's so, uh, it's something you spend so much time 
thinking about and agonizing over and failing at, right? It's for every time you have a model where you're like, that looks really good. You can probably point to at least a dozen other instances where you tried doing the same things and it didn't work. Absolutely. And so it kind of has a built-in humility to it that I, I think is just kind of awesome. I, I think that for me is one of the reasons uh, I appreciate it so much as kind of like an art form as, as I feel like it, it, it centers you really well in terms of giving you a sense of pride and accomplishment while also tempering it with a sense of like humility and, and empathy for other people that aren't where you're at yet, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's much more humbling when you, you have your piece in the cabinet and you walk two feet down and there are the greats in their pieces as you describe them sitting there with just these absolutely phenomenal paint jobs. And it's, you know, a much different experience where, you know, I was in the journeyman class, they call it, which is, you know, the middle category, and just looking at the master's class, which is a whole step above. It's just absolutely uh, humbling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, it, you know, it's funny. Um, some of the people I work with, uh, they, they know I do the hobby stuff. And so they'll occasionally ask me about it. And so I, I linked them the blog or whatever. And they're like, Oh my God, that's so crazy. And they'll, they'll even ask me about like, Oh, you know, do you do like commission work? Are you going to like, they're trying to figure out if this is something that's going to become like a profession for me or whatever. And yeah. I always think it's kind of funny. Cause I think like you should see the people that actually do this for a living. Yeah, <laughs> like if you're, absolutely. if you're impressed by my Hulk buster, you should go look at, you know, Sarastro and whoever else, like it, it's, it's, yeah. I'm nowhere close to being able to do that kind of stuff. And so, and it, it um, one of the ones that always humbles me, uh, she's a, uh, I'm going to mess up her name. She's, I believe she's a German lady, like Katarina Gorschka, something like that. Um, she has an Instagram and her paint jobs are some of the most like mind blowing, insane things I've ever seen. She does these like colorful wisps into everything. Like I, I think every paint job I've ever seen, it, first of all, it goes from very, very dark to very, very bright in very small amounts of surface area on our models and it does it repeatedly and it all has like i don't think i've seen a piece from her where she's not using every color in the rainbow and it's yeah. the transitions are smooth it's it's just insane paint jobs yeah i haven't um i i haven't heard of this artist but i i think i've seen her um sigvald i think it was was that her sigvald who got like the the silver and the golden demon this year uh, i i'm honestly not sure i'd have to well i'd have to look at any rate I'm, I'm looking at her stuff now and yeah absolutely it's 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 incredible work yeah and that, that's one of those ones i look at and it's like anytime you need to take yourself down a peg when you think you're getting too big for your britches yeah. just go go on instagram <laughs> just go on instagram and look up some of those people yeah. and you'll immediately be like okay never mind <laughs> like i have a long way yeah. to go all right. Well, that was that was a long 20 minutes. I'm I'm probably going to hit stop recording here. Uh